All right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh gonna change the way this looks on our live stream, but I gotta ask a big important question, and we'll ask these gentlemen as well. Did you all vote? It is you know super Tuesday, so hopefully you all voted. And now it's time to talk about some soccer. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant the last set. Forster in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forster with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Harry Forster. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Opportunity and a goal! A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Um, joining me, as he does each and every week, Yes, I can pronounce Icarus properly at this point, Dylan. It's Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? They're going. Um, I, I also must echo that I hope you all voted. Um, yeah, I don't know. A pretty positive day. We had media day, and then we voted together. It was very cute, very on-brand for us to vote just outside of the stadium. It and was. It was a podcast. really fun thing. Unfortunately, Alan couldn't join us, but uh, that's his fault or his whatever yeah i mean he works that part-time teaching job anyway so you know part-time teacher full-time podcaster yes <laughs> you've more podcasts the way it goes. than you do teaching gigs so i think that's how that works <laughs> uh, and uh, if you didn't know by now he's in here he's uh joined us on time for this episode uh, and that is alan from san diego although he is not in san diego at the moment he's driving towards san diego alan how are you doing, man? Uh, fantastic. Had a good day, uh, a good evening, um, and I am excited to talk about USL soccer in Orange County and the premier opening match uh, for USL coming up on Friday. The premier, and what makes you think it's the premier opening match, Alan? Because the other game features Tacoma. <laughs> Oh man, you're going hard at Tacoma and the season's just getting started. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is fun. This is a very fun episode because this is our last non live at the stadium episode before uh, the season kicks off and orange County starts playing soccer game uh, soccer again, uh, pretty much the whole USL kicking off this weekend. I know Alan's uh, getting excited. Dylan's excited about San Diego kicking off on Saturday, but before that happens, we do have a match Friday night at championship soccer stadium as your Orange County Soccer Club will be hosting El Paso Locomotive. Um, so just to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about in this particular episode, uh, 
for those that did know, today was actually Orange County SC's first ever media day. They actually had the media come out to the stadium. Uh, they we uh, The media got to listen to uh, Jeff Garner, who's the president of business operations, uh, Oliver Vies, who is the front office general manager. Uh, Coach Braden Cloutier was there uh, and shared some words. And then uh, basically the players that the media was given an opportunity to speak with, to whatever player uh, they would like to there. And, and Dylan and I were both attending that. We got to speak to multiple players. And I, I'm coming out of this media day, Dylan, with a little bit more excitement than I had maybe going into it. I, I'm actually really stoked about the presentation from uh, Coach Braden Cloutier and just sort of the the, the feeling around the club, of, around the players that were there speaking to you, myself, and the other media. It seems like there's some really good um, excitement coming into the season and uh, maybe a good camaraderie with the, the players. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, I have to admit, I was pretty nervous about how the season was going to go. Um, but I think after speaking to everyone today and seeing how the technical staff uh, really set up for this season, things are are looking good. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling a lot more positive about <laughs> this season. Uh, that being said, it's still 35, 36 weeks of abject terror each and every week as we play. So... We're here. Let's do it. Only seven more months. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, only seven more months uh, of this season. We're getting started this Friday against El Paso. But let's talk about what we have going on with this club. We're going to talk about the players we got a chance to speak with. My son's jumping into the live stream here as he's getting ready for bed. Um, so come here, Landon. Say hi to everyone or, or you know, to the Orange County fans that may be listening to us. Hi. All right, so that's my son. You're going to see him at our live broadcast. I guarantee it. This Friday, he'll be helping out uh, as we do things. And my other son probably wants to jump on here right now. They've got to do it. Uh, they want to. You want to come over here really quick, Kian, and say hi. You don't have to. All right, he doesn't want to. Uh, yeah, this is the 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 wonder of live podcast recording is you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and that's my two amazing sons jumping in and and talking to us here um, before. We really get into the thick of things, I guess, which which helps out. Uh, so let's look at this season. We're going to uh, preview the the team. We're going to preview what's happening. And I'm going to ask each of us to come up with um, a, a prediction for the season. So let's talk about what we saw just or what happened there, Dylan, with the players at Media Day. Um, where, where should we start? Start with, uh, how, um, with how Cammy Palmer is getting on here in uh, Orange County. All right, so uh, we got some audio from these players at Media Day. So let's start off with that. This is Cammie Palmer on how things are going. If I can get it to play properly. There we the go. guys have been great. Obviously, Blake's took us everywhere. Yeah, he's been our, <laughs> our tour guide, our chauffeur. Um, but yeah, all the guys have been great um, for different reasons. Um, just setting us in and I don't know, taking us around and showing us things, inviting us to places. Perfect. He's Dylan. one of the ones that's easier to understand. Um, after that, I talked to uh, to Maddie Shields, who was a little bit more difficult to understand, I think. Um, and I asked him what his goals were for the 2020 season. A success would be to get a decent amount of first team kind of starts under my belt. Um, obviously, it's good developing me as a person, moving away from home as well, moving away from my family. So I think that will help a lot as well. All right, Dylan, can we get a translation for that, please? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, I already forgot. Um, he's trying to get a lot of minutes for his, what do I remember? 
uh, yeah. try and yep. prove himself to his parent club, which I think he goes on to say after I, I trimmed some things down because we talked to them for a while, but um, tries to wants to impress his parent club and uh, you know kind of make a name for himself here. Alan, did you have something to, to throw in there? Yeah, it sounded like he also was um, wanted to take advantage of the fact that he's kind of moved away from home uh, as a challenge professionally, and hopefully it helps him grow. I know it's double-edged sword. It's great to move away from home because you can be like super focused on your career. But then again, you're only super focused on your career. So hopefully he does take that advantage and turn it into a positive. Perfect. Um, after that, I talked to Danny Finlayson about his goals for 2020. I'm a winner, so uh, winning the championship is also another personal goal for me. Simple and sweet. Yeah, it got more difficult to understand the longer he went on. So let me keep this one real short. Um, and then um, back to the interview with Maddie, I asked him what the hardest part about being in Orange County has been, given that it's 6,000 miles away from his home. It's obviously been tough moving away from them. They are finding it tough as well. I've been on FaceTime to them most days. Probably makes sense, right? So, I mean, you, you <laughs> would probably FaceTime your kids while you were at work if they had phones. Um, I don't know if I would do it while I'm at work because I don't know how well that would go over with my boss. But um, yeah, you know, if the opportunity is available and, and I get it, these are some some young guys, uh, Matt, uh, Cammy, and Danny uh, out here, like you said, 6,000 miles away from home. Uh, luckily, they're all three together. I know um, when I spoke with, with at least, I think I spoke with Matt and Cammy a little bit, uh, they mentioned, you know, it's it's at least good to have some of their teammates that have joined them on this, this journey. Uh, it, sometimes it can be difficult when you're a young player making that, that trip all the way across the world, coming into a new place, new area, new culture, new, new, new everything. Uh, so having those players uh, along for the ride really is helping out with that. And, and I was definitely impressed with all three of them on how well they spoke with, with us. And I'm sure maybe with some of the other media, uh, sometimes when you get some younger players, they might not quite, know where to go with it. Uh, I know we've had instances where we have to sort of, it's almost like pulling teeth when you're talking to someone to try and get a good quote out of them. And, you know, they gave us some good information and good quotes uh, and, and just a good idea of, of who they are when, when I was speaking with them. And I would, I'm sure you Dylan had the same experience with them. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to know how well they've gotten on. I know Cammy talked about it, but they've gotten along really well with everyone and everyone Everyone seems to speak really highly of them, technical staff, other players. So I'm excited for them. Um, and I hope it's a really successful year for them and for the team. Um, I talked to our new number nine as well, uh, Ugo Okoli. Uh, and I just asked him what his goals were for 2020. I know what I, I came here to do and what I want to do. And uh, yeah, I'm just focusing on that and helping my team. Yeah, not the best quote in the world. Um, he was pretty coy about what, he, what his goals were. Um, he told me he, he didn't want to share too much about them yet um, and that maybe as the season goes on, it'll open up a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I said it probably the last two weeks now. He's got a really big role to fill. Um, that's going to create some pressure on him, definitely. And, um, you know, I hope he puts the numbers up. Best of luck to him. You know, the new number nine. Um, he probably doesn't have to win anyone over. We're generally pretty uh, accepting of new players. Um, but Definitely. A, We're accepting of new players if they come in and, you know, at least show effort uh, and come out and play and not maybe just come out and just mess around for a few months of the year and collect a paycheck. We like it 
uh, as fans, when you come in as a new player, as long as you're out there trying your hardest and you're, you're putting in the effort, we're going to support you. So hopefully that's what Ugo is going to bring to this club. Uh, it, it, like you said, Dylan, tough shoes to fill. Alan, um, Ugo coming in here, filling in the shoes uh, of a departed Michael Seaton, who was definitely a fan favorite, not just of Caroline Coalition, the fans in the stands, even us as the Orange and Black Soccer cast. I think we can all say he was one of our favorite uh, interviews each and every match. Uh, are you confident or, or, or what are your thoughts on Ugo? And do you think he's going to be able to fill those shoes? I think part of uh, bringing Anna Voltson in helps alleviate some of that pressure. That is not Ugo doesn't have to step in and replace all of Michael Seaton's goals. I think between those two, uh, you're looking at, you know, if they can score 12 between the two, you're replacing Michael Seaton's goals. And that's a very attainable goal. Um, I think the off the field is some of the stuff you talked about, the fan interaction, the off the field things, I think is where we're going to feel it the most. Um, you know, on the field, they've been successful. And if they put them in, like put the goals in like they have, I, I think on the field, it's, they're going to be accepted and it's going to be fine. I do think that connection to the community that Michael Seaton brought, you know, win, lose, draw, he was always there to engage the fans. I think between the two of them, if they can replace that, I think that for fans and for the growth of the team, um, scoring goals is going to be important, but also reaching out to the community and continuing to build. They're going to have some big shoes to fill uh, with the way Michael Seaton really connected with fans. All right, Dylan, uh, where did your uh, media day journey take you uh, next? Um, from the front of the line to the back of the line, I spoke to Frederick Dew. Um, not Dewey, by the way. We confirmed it was Dew. We actually asked. I, I went right up to him and said, how do you say your last name? And he he pronounced it. There is a slight extra sound at the end, but he said it's like this. It's it's not a Dewey. It's like a do. So. Yeah, go for it, Tony. I mean, Sorry. <laughs> someone should tell all the announcers in the league. But I asked him, um, you know, I, I talked to him about why he came back, what his goals were, um, and, you know, we'll get the same answer out of basically everyone there. But asked him about his back line. Uh, there were a lot of changes with the back line. Obviously, the departures of Walker Hume, um, Joe Miko, Kantar Wusuansa. Trying to think of who else left. Um, Hugo Ariano. Hugo Ariano. They played together a little bit. Um, oh, well, don't forget my favorite guy. I, what I did you say him already? Okay. Um, lots of change. <laughs> and I, I asked him how he was getting on with everyone and, and what he thought. I actually think we uh, it looks it looks really good. We have uh, we have Mike Mike Roscoe from last year, which was one of the main factors that we we did as well as we did. Um, and then we still have Kevin, experienced guy, and Walker left us, but we got uh, Rob from um, from England, um, and it looks really 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 good. So I think. You know, we, we're getting there, and then uh, of, of course we got the young guys they got, uh, from Scotland. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can offer and bring to the table as well. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it. And so interesting, really quick before I get back to you and you take us through this journey, Dylan. Uh, uh, he mentioned Rob Kiernan, and I know um, my experience there at Media Day Today, and I think you can. Sh- share the same experiences there's a lot of talk from not just the some of the players but from the coaching staff uh from the front office on rob kieran and what he's going to bring to this club I, I know he's one of those sort of polarizing players uh for a lot of ranger fans if any ranger fans are listening to us uh, but it seems like a lot of people in this club are looking at him as being this very key piece to what we have and uh there is a lot of great things to be said about him from from everyone that i spoke with 
Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing that, that we heard from some of the technical staff was he's been fit. Um, obviously, he played with South and United for the first or the last, you know, five ish months up until the end of January. And that makes the big difference coming in. Um, it's a, it's going to be a long 2020 for him. Having played a few months, he'll probably get rest. It's nice that we have all these options, um, with guys like Blake Malone, um, to kind of to kind of fill in if he needs a rest. But everyone spoke highly of him. Uh, I know some Rangers fans were a little bit worried about that coming in. They said good luck with him. Um, kind of a similar attitude towards how they felt about Harry Forster. Um, but it it seems like the two of them really, the two ex Rangers are are here for 2020. They're taking it seriously. And uh, yes. it seems to be going well, which is. And we'll talk, we'll talk about Harry in just a little bit. I noticed, I noticed you kept out any um, audio quotes from him, but we'll definitely, I actually got a chance to speak with him a little bit uh, while I was there at media day. We'll, we'll speak a little bit uh, about Harry Forster in just a little bit. I I can almost swear you did not send me a Harry Forster uh, audio file. Uh, indeed you did maybe not. It did. Maybe it got lost in the interwebs. You not accuse me of being biased against Harry Forrester. Uh, being <laughs> midfielders, I talked to newcomer Seth Kasipli, who we've obviously already had on the show. Um, and I, I asked him about uh, his personal goals uh, and his goals for the team in 2020. I think we expect to finish in the top four in the West. We, we expect to make the playoffs. We expect to have home games. Um, you know, that, these, are the, these, are, these are, like I said, these are uh, the standards that we have set for us. I think the group is capable. It's just, um, so now execution needs to be there. And I know, um, you know, there's Seth Kasipli joining us from Reno. I know you got, uh, I think when you first started speaking with him at Media Day, Dylan, you sort of uh, just sort of asked him, like, what made him choose Orange County? I, you know, he had a pretty good relationship up there in, in Reno. Um, did you get anything out of him from that? Is there any particular reason he came down here? Yeah, he just said um, he really enjoyed his time up there, and he really liked everyone up there. Um, and he's kind of looking for a little bit of a different challenge. And uh, Orange County came calling. My hope is this one works out better than the Charlie Adams thing, which was a similar position where you have a really good player from another high-level Western Conference team coming into Orange County. Um, very, I mean, really, we basically had that conversation with Charlie Adams last December, uh, and then obviously didn't work out with him, and he was he was gone in June. I think it's going to work out differently with Seth. Uh, they seem like very different players, and and Seth seems very, I don't know, not not necessarily easy to please, but ready to to fight his way in and make himself um, undroppable, and that's something we really need, and we really need that box to box midfielder depth. Uh, he and Chris Ostomo are going to probably pick up a lot of yellows this season. So it'll be good to have them and, and, and put them in time. But, uh, you know, he didn't shy away from mentioning his work rate either, which he, I know he mentioned on the podcast, which is why I edited out. But, you know, those kinds of players are the ones that we need. And those are the kinds of players that make a really big difference in this league when it's, you know, 88th, 85th minute, 90th minute, 95th minute, and they're still running. They're still tracking dudes down and they're still putting in tackles. That's, I mean, that's a big part of what we need. Not to mention that he mentioned. Definitely execution of things which is something we didn't do at the beginning really the first half of last year we we rarely executed and we suffered as a result um that mentality is definitely gone um and, and kevin alston mentioned the the same thing when i talked to him as well the goal is a championship you know uh, personally i like you know I had some freak injuries i know broke a rib uh, separated shoulder. I mean, you never expect those things to happen, but the good news is it wasn't like muscle injuries. You know, it's just things that 
kind of happen and you just move on. But for this season, I'm, you know, I'd love for the team to get a championship. You know, it's my third year. I think we have a group of guys in here that can really achieve that. And we just got to go out there and put it together. And I'd, I'd like to improve off of last season personally. I have nothing to add to that if you guys want to jump in. <laughs> I was waiting for you to wear just, you know, the, the, the power of, of the pause there. Yeah, uh, uh, Alan, yeah, so yeah. you didn't get, you, Alan, you didn't get a chance to, to attend media day. So you're just hearing some of these quotes for the first time, uh, just based on what you heard uh, from those uh, audio files. And just from what Dylan and I have been saying, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the, the club after media day? I think the, the, the three things I noticed, well, two things I noticed, one thing, one thing for the quotes, one thing from Dylan's point is um, it seems like a much more upbeat club, a little more positive club, and the goal is set pretty high, and I think it's achievable. Um, and I think what Dylan pointed out as far as the way the team comes together is going to be important. Like the difference between getting a home match and not last season, there was a couple games where Orange County just didn't quite put it together offensively. And we and Orange County's added some pieces to really address that issue. Uh, it wasn't on the back end. You look at the statistics over the season. I think it was like plus 11 goal differential, and they scored 54 goals. So letting in only 43 is fantastic for the West. So it's really addressing that ability to put balls in the back of the net. And I think they really did that this offseason. And it's the reason I think a lot of people are really high in Orange County. And, um, you know, these first 10 games, you know, you win one or two more games than you did last year in the first 10, 15 matches. Uh, you're looking at a home playoff game. And that's what it really boils down to. Win the games that you should win, like the, the Tulsa match from last year or the, um, what was it, um, you know, that New Mexico game you let in a couple early. So I think, um, I think they've gone about it the right way. They've had a really positive off season and the buzz around Orange County isn't just in Orange County, it's league wide. Um, and I think Seth and Kevin really spoke to that. Um, and it's, it's pretty prevalent to hear that they're like, we're going to take it where the goal is championship. The goal is playoff games at home. And uh, I think they can just need to deliver because I think they can. Uh, one thing I can say, um, just attending the media day, uh, a lot of the uh, players and even Coach Braden Cloutier, uh, they all uh, referenced the poor start to last season. And they, a lot of uh, what we heard was you had some players coming in out of shape. You know, uh, Harry Forrester wasn't quite ready for the season last year. You also talk about where the roster was still sort of coming together even after the season had started. Uh, you looked, you know, a week or two into the season, you still were bringing in some pieces or trying to fit some pieces in there. I think a big message uh, coming out of today's media day is that we now have like a roster set and key pieces everywhere. And you, you sort of know now going into the first game of the season, first match of the season, uh, what is going to be expected of the players, uh, what the team's going to be doing. And it's not this, you know, we're going to play a few weeks and then hopefully bring in a few new pieces to shore up things and stuff like that, which is a big uh, two takeaways that I had from the media day. Uh, even Harry Forster, when I spoke with him, he, he admitted he didn't come into the season last year, uh, in full shape. Uh, he, he had mentioned he hadn't played for like two years, uh, which any athlete coming into that situation where they haven't played for two seasons or two years, they're not going to be at, at their fittest. And he sort of came in, you're expecting him just sort of right away, just jump in there. And, and I know, you know, there was some bonehead plays. He admitted that sometimes he, you know, 
gets goes a little overboard with stuff. We see we saw that. We're hoping we don't see that as much. But maybe with him coming in and, and Dylan, I, I know one of the things that you said, and I think other people that have seen him at some of the um, preseason matches is he's coming into the season fit. He is not looking like the Harry Forrester uh, uh, of the beginning of 2019. He's coming in looking like he's ready to compete. Um, and it sounds like from my um, conversation with him, he's ready to really be a leader out there for this club. I'm not lying, right, Dylan? He he came in. He, he's looking fit. He's looking like he's ready to play some soccer. Yeah, last year he had a bit of a gut, um, you know, a lot of timeout. Um, that's not the case this season, which is awesome. Uh, he's he's lean, um, and and yeah, he really does look ready to lead. If you've watched any preseason matches, he's been out there. He's taken on a leadership role. That's great. Um, I'm happy. I hope this is a different Harry Forster from the one we saw last year. That's my big hope. Cool. Um, so let's get into this. Let's uh, talk about the season. And one thing um, I want to let everyone know, if you you get a chance to, is we've sort of uh, opened up a preseason survey for the fans to answer some questions. It's like 10 questions. It's nothing big or major. But basically just questions to try and find out um, our, the fans' thoughts on this team um, and, and what they're expecting. So some of the questions you're getting is how many points will the team have? Uh, how many goals will the team score? Who's going to lead the team in, in goals, assist, yellow card, yellow slash red cards? Um, who's going to be the MVP, attendance, uh, and, and stuff like that? So uh, I'm gonna we'll throw it out on on social media. We we threw it out earlier on social media. Some people have responded. We'll throw it out again with the link so that you guys can find it. We want to hear what you, the fans, think uh, of this squad. Um, who's gonna who are going to be the key players? Who are the ones that maybe are going to you know get yellow cards, red cards, and disappoint us a little bit? Uh, on there and then what we'll do is at the live pregame show at championship soccer stadium this friday uh, we'll announce uh just sort of some of the thoughts of some of the fans uh, on there so one of the options on there too is you could pr pr uh, provide a wild prediction for us to to share or, or thoughts and um we asked you to be creative and and some of you have already been creative which is pretty cool so i want to hear what more if you have to say so if you get opportunity make sure you take part of that and, and share your thoughts uh, I'm going to go across or around the table here with Dylan and Alan, and I want us to just sort of come up with some uh, some ideas or some thoughts for this season, what what to expect with this team this season. Uh, and uh, maybe we will, at least at this point, just come up with a, a points prediction for Orange County on the season. Uh, how many points will they get and what place is that going to put them on the table in the Western Conference? Uh, let's start off with you, Dylan. Uh, what is your just sort of – Give us a, a prediction for the season, what to expect. Um, well, I do love thoughts, um, but I, I don't necessarily love sharing them. Read into that what you will. Um, I think we're, we're, we're a home playoff team this year. I think the pieces we brought in, everyone's really hungry, and the standard that everyone set in the preseason is there. I think we need to create chances. We need to create a lot more chances. And we also need to put those chances away as um, as Ugo gets more match fit. I think that'll be a big help. And hopefully Enneboldson's in his usual uh, early season form um, and ends banging them in to, to help buoy the team. And hopefully we see a resurgence of, of DJ again. Home playoff. Uh, I don't think we're going to concede too many. Um What else? What? Yeah, what, what other... Uh, predict how many points. points. Well, let's hold the points until after we get like just sort of a a thought or a prediction from from Alan and myself, and then we'll yeah. go into predicting how many points and where that's going to put us on the table, and then maybe we'll predict uh, 
the preseason MVP or we'll, we'll announce uh, who we each think is the, the MVP of this team going into the season. So Alan, let me jump to you. Uh, give me a prediction on this season. Um, I think anything out of the top four is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, probably looking at second or third, um, kind of somewhere between there. Uh, but definitely anything lower than fourth, I think, is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, I think Anna Voltson uh, is in the golden boot conversation. Um, and if he's not, it's because Ugo is putting more in. Um, I, I think the way Anna Voltson plays in front of the net, um, he's going to be able to um, get, get some assists, but also put away some balls that, you know, um, kind of sniffing around, cleaning up the junk in front of the net uh, and getting some easy tap-ins, uh, kind of like Corey Herzog does for Reno from time to time. Uh, so I, I do think they uh, score some goals this year, and I do think uh, anything less than a home playoff match is uh, a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, so to throw out a few things, and and I agree with you all, I think it's it's home a home match in the first round of the playoffs or bust for this team. Anything lower than that is going to be a disappointing season. I even think you have to have to really look at this team and maybe think, you know, anything lower than top three seed is going to be a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, one thing I got talking with Kevin Alston at the media day is he's very impressed with the uh, front line of Darwin Jones, Thomas and Voltson and Ugo uh, out there. Uh, he really was was sounded excited about those three up top, and that they're going to really that they're already really working well together in practice. Um, we are talking about how those three parts are sort of interchangeable because you look at someone like a Thomas and a Boltson, Yeah, his primary position is right there, maybe sort of a, a shadow striker, but he actually can go out to the wings and still be very productive. Uh, productive there. Um, same with like a Darwin Jones. He's typically out there on the right side, but he can rotate all across the top there. If you know if if things happen in a match where he's now sitting up at top, maybe at the the striker role, he can, he can hang out there for a little bit and still be very productive for a team. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know much about Ugo coming into this season other than I know he was a former golden boot winner, but listening to Kevin Austin speak about those three and how they're going to really work well together. It's going to be a, a nice thing to see for orange County fans. Um, that's, that's definitely a, a good sign there. The other thing I want to mention too, is it just this, this team, the, the sort of um, energy there, at least at this media day, um, there it was. It seemed really, really like a good connection with these players. They all seemed to be in a pretty good mood, joking, laughing, um, um, sort of building some some relationships here. I know in the past you may see some some conflict even early in the season, and that doesn't seem like the case. It seems like you got some players in there, and, and I'm not saying that they're joking, laughing, and sort of losing focus. It seems like they're very focused on what they're doing because we spoke to a lot of players. They all mentioned the ultimate goal is, is a championship, right? The ultimate goal is a successful um, top four finish. Things of that is what we heard from these players, but it didn't look like any of these players didn't want to be there. Now, maybe they didn't want to speak with the media. I noticed some players were excited when they were told, Hey, you don't have to speak with anyone today. Great. But it didn't look like anyone didn't want to be there at, you know, practice or at the stadium or, or doing this. It seems like they're all actually truly uh, genuinely excited for this upcoming season and, and what this team can do. And um, again, like I said, at the very beginning, coming out of media day, I'm even more excited for the season and, and what it'll bring. Cause it seems like um, I will say the team has exceeded what I was expecting out of it coming into media day. Um, let's jump into picking some predictions on 
I guess how many points Orange County will will obtain in the season and where that'll put them on the table. I'm going to start off with Allen on this one. Um, uh, who? Um, I think high sixties, <laughs> low seventies. I think uh, the West on the top part is probably maybe a little bit more, um, a little bit more top heavy than they've been in the past. I don't think. Um, the top end run away as much as they have this past season with Reno and Phoenix kind of running away from the pack. Um, RIP Fresno. Uh, so I think looking at high sixties, maybe some low seventies, um, puts you in the top three. Um, that's kind of where I, I think they were at 54 points last year in fifth place. Um, I think getting mid sixties put you, puts you in that top three position. Dylan, what about you? I was going to go with 69 points for the meme of it, but I think that's a little bit high. Um, that's 23 wins, right? Or, you know, um, I'm not smart enough to do the rest of the math for that one, actually. I'm not even going to pretend like I, I can do that off the top of my head, even as I stall to try and do it. Um, I think about mid-60s. Um, I do think it's going to be pretty condensed in that four through four through six four through seven spot again like it was last year i imagine it'll be even closer um i imagine i last season between um fourth and eighth place was a six point gap i wouldn't i would think that's probably gonna be three points this year something's gonna go down to gold differential or yellow cards um yeah mid 60s i think i don't think there's any other way to do it if it's not mid 60s it's gonna be bad like guys are gonna leave Makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go with, with what you guys are saying. Uh, I, I'm thinking mid to high 60s uh, for this club uh, with the depth that they have, with the quality of players they have on the roster. Um, yeah, it's it's mid 60s is is the low point of where they should be. They should be getting at least to mid 60s, if not higher. Um, uh, you know, they really should have this, this goal to obtain. I, I know you have uh, still have a very tough Phoenix team, Um out there in the desert, that'll be a tough team to catch, even though, you know, they've you know lost and gained some players there. So you don't know how the chemistry is going to work out in Phoenix. But I, I, I think this Orange County team can definitely uh, look to regain the regular season Western Conference crown um, if they can play the way it looks like they can play and if they the depth can hold up the way that it's looking um for this team so yeah i think mid 60s is is the minimum of where they should be i'm thinking more higher 60s or lower 70s um sort of like what alan was was talking about there as well so um let's uh do this coming into the season who do you who do y'all pick as the mvp for this team coming into this season i'm going to start off with you dylan aiden quinn simple and sweet any any particular reason why it's aiden quinn or is it just uh is it a gut feeling? Well, he's one of our most consistent players. He provides a ton of assists. Um, if Aiden's having a bad night, there's a really good chance that the rest of the team's having a bad night too, and nothing's going to happen. Um, he creates a lot of chances. It's up to the the guys up top. It's up to really um, DJ and Sean Acoli, or sorry, Ugo Acoli and uh, Thomas Anderson to put those away. What about you, Alan? Uh, I'm going to go with Anna Voltsen. I think he uh, does goes on a good run. 
uh, is in the Golden Boot Race, and I think he's, um, you know, going to be one of the reasons why Orange County is at the top of the table. All right. Dylan, you're not allowed to hate me on this, on this pick that I'm going to make. I'm just, this is sort of a gut feeling based off of my interaction with some of these players out there today. Um, and maybe it's, it's, it's a hope, uh, but I'm going to pick Harry Forrester as the MVP for this team this season. It's, I think if Harry Forrester performs really well for this team, it's going to take this team to that, that next level from where they were last season. Uh, I, I think the fact that he's coming in, in soccer shape, football shape, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that he <gasps> seems like he's ready for this. Um, I'm going to have to go with it uh, again. This might just be a hope more than a, an actual prediction, but let's, let's go with that. I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I had, that's what I'm going with. Don't hate me, Dylan. <laughs> oh, jeez, Dylan. Uh, Dylan is like doing something over there. What's up? Uh, nothing. That last week of drinking's uh, really hit me hard or something. <laughs> uh, don't hate me, Dylan. Don't help me. But but hey, if if this comes true, I mean, you'll be happy at the end of the season, right? We do well. Does the team do well? That's ultimately yeah. all I care. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's do this. Uh. You, you, we're going to have a lot more that we're going to discuss. Again, we're doing a live pregame show live from Championship Soccer Stadium before the match on Friday. Uh, we're planning going live roughly around 5.45, give or take, depending on uh, if we run into any issues setting up all of our equipment there. Uh, if you're at the match, you'll be able to actually hear us. We're going to put up some speakers. So if you're in the fan zone where the dollar beers are probably going to be, you're going to be able to hear us talking about this match. We're going to have some guests on board um, to, to discuss the match with us, some experts, some uh, front office members of the of the of orange county um if you're not going to be there for that say you're pre-gaming somewhere else or you're not going to be able to make the match we will be streaming it live just as we do each and every episode on all of our um streaming uh, options here youtube twitter slash periscope uh facebook our website twitch if you want to go find us on twitch you can find us there even though we have nothing to do with video games uh we, we we have a stream on Twitch. We just we just try and get it out um, as on as many places as we can. Um, so do that. So we're not going to give away all of our uh, preseason stuff at this point. Um, remember, if go on uh, look on our social media to fill out the uh, survey that we have out there, so we can read some of your answers out there at that um, pregame show as well. Let's get into other soccer news. Unless there's anything else Orange County related that Dylan or Alan want to discuss really quick. Nothing. Nothing. Nope. Cyber Friday. Perfect. Uh, let's get into any other soccer news that we can find. Um, uh, Dylan, do you have anything other outside of Orange County Soccer Club that's soccer related? Um, no, I'm going to have to defer to resident Liverpool fan Alan Underwood. Um, really quick, though. Really quick. Really quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Really yeah. quick, Alan. Uh, Dylan, um, I know uh, you got a chance maybe just to speak very briefly with um, the uh, or learn a little bit about this USL wooden spoon thing going on. Um, do you want to share anything or talk anything about that really quick? Talk um, anything. Say anything about that? Yeah, sure. It's it's actually a pretty seriously well-made trophy. Um, whoever I, I didn't I don't actually know who's putting it on, um, but they decided about mid-January that 
hey, why not? Why not do something like that? Um, they talked a little bit about um, how they're going to do tiebreakers because I was curious, given that we have a lot of generally pretty bad teams in the USL, um, teams like uh, Kansas City too, and maybe Hartford again, and probably the Switchbacks and Tacoma, teams like that, uh, San Antonio probably. You know, these teams that are going to through through 35-ish weeks, and uh, I asked about uh, how he'd do tiebreakers if two teams happen to have 20 points. Um, yeah, goals probably going to be the big one there. Um, whoever's putting it on thinks that it's going to be one of the, the two teams that ends up getting it. I cannot disagree with them. They are generally pretty terrible. Um, and if you haven't seen the logo, you can find it at USL Spoon on Twitter. The or not the logo, I'm sorry, the actual trophy itself. Um, it's made of a bunch of wooden stirring spoons. It looks like a World <laughs> Series trophy, and I had to know was that to poke fun at baseball um, or at the World Series? And it was mostly because a good amount of the teams play in baseball fields, uh, and whoever's doing this is trying to poke fun at that. Um, there we go. Perhaps maybe San Diego wins it. Surprisingly, I don't think that's not going to be a San Diego thing. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, this person's a Lou City fan. I don't think that. Is a surprise to anyone who's remotely seen this account? But uh, they wanted an award for everyone else to be able to win, which is pretty rich given that they didn't win the USL final this year and don't look like they're going to do it this year either. Maybe they can win it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I know I cut you off, Alan, because Dylan had handed you the baton, but I wanted to um, ask Dylan about this really quick. Uh, go for it, Alan. What do you have to, to share? You see, uh, Montreal signed a former or current Tottenham player. Yes, Victor Wanyama. He likes spaghetti, man. He likes spaghetti, so he'll he'll fit in right there in Montreal. So hopefully, you can uh, when they play in LA, you can drive up and see a, a Tottenham player maybe win a game. Maybe. Was that supposed to be like a, a blow to me or something? Can Montreal? It sounds like it sounds like Alan was waiting all day to share that and just sort of it just it fizzled out before he got to the punchline there. No, I'm just yeah. You said yeah. other soccer news. It was interesting. <laughs> oh man, um, really quick, I, I'm going to ask you, Alan, because I noticed uh, that. Uh, the locals and the electric lights uh, out there in Vegas, they, they created a supporter shield. Um, did, have you heard anything about that? Or do you know anything about what's going on with that? Essentially, it's to celebrate the inaugural game against lights and the fact that both of the coaches are, quote, legends. Um, it's like a legend shield that'll be owned by San Diego. I mean, the winner of the season matchup between San Diego and uh, Las Vegas um, it looks cool. I don't know if, you know, beating Las Vegas is something we should hang our hats on, but Vegas likes to hang their hats on meaningless wins. Uh, so I guess we're getting involved in that game too. So <laughs> do you really want to get into that game? Uh, Alan? I mean, I don't, but I think it's cool to celebrate, you know, your first inaugural game ever. Um, and, you know, just play into the hype a little bit and kind of make a little friendly banter between supporters groups. Uh, I think it's always kind of fun and healthy and um, a way to bring a positive 
kind of banter versus uh, we're going to call you a bunch of nasty names on Twitter banter. So if it's friendly and it creates kind of this growing community of USL in San Diego, I'm all for it. Cool. Um, really quick, uh, before we get to our random thoughts, I'm going to play a quick game with you guys. Uh, I'm going to give you three three topics that have been going on around uh, sort of Orange County or, or USL-based and I want you to give like a, a one word response to this topic. I'm going to start with this first topic and I'll go with you first, Dylan. Um, Orange County announced that they have, uh, or they announced a local broadcast partnership with Cox Communications, uh, The all the home matches. And I think they mentioned about 10 of the away matches uh, at least will be available on Cox, your view, I think is what it's called. And I believe that in Orange County, that is channel three. Dylan, uh, one word response to that or, or thought on that. Sweet. Can I expand? What on about that? you, Alan? What would, <laughs> yeah, go for it, Dylan, expand on it. No, no, no. Let have Alan say his word first and then we can expand after that. Okay. Alan, go. What's your one word for that? Um, this is going to be hyphenated, so don't judge me. It's about damn time. They finally figured that out. <laughs> That's a little stretch of hyphenation. I have ignoring a few now. grammatical rules about the use of hyphens, but I guess we'll let it slide. <sighs> okay, go for it, Dylan. What is, what is your expansion of this? This is sweet. Um, if you happen to live in Laguna Woods, this means that you can now watch our games. So if you happen to be like 8 million years old, you can now watch our games, um, which is awesome because that means my not-grandparents grand, not grandparent, grandparents can now watch these games. Also, additionally, if you happen to live in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, yeah, or some other. Yeah, I forget the other places they mentioned. But there's more than you know. You can't do it in LA County, but uh, Orange and Santa Barbara counties, and maybe Ventura counties, you can watch these. Games. And I and I and I think the interesting thing is is you don't have to have Cox Cable, from what I'm hearing. I think anyone that lives in Orange County, and I think those other areas that are part of this, if you go onto the Yearview California website, you can actually watch them on a stream there. Uh, without having to pay for the ESPN Plus, at least that's what I'm hearing. Uh, okay. I have I, I have little knowledge or experience with your view, so I don't know how it works. But that's what I believe I was told by the front office of Orange County. That's how it seemed to work when I tested it. Granted, as a good internet user, my VPN was <laughs> on, so I was technically in Los Angeles County, and therefore I could not look at anything. Um, Interesting. You know, that's how it goes. All right, uh, let's get into topic number two here. Uh, since you last heard from us, Las Vegas announced a very special match, and luckily Orange County is part of this match. It's going to be the first match played, uh, I guess, basically past midnight uh, is sort of how they're um, selling it. It's 11 p.m. kickoff in Las Vegas. Orange County will be there uh, as the visitors for that match. I'm going to start off with you, Alan, your one-word thought on that. And I don't know if Alan knows that he's muted or if he is disappeared. Um, sleepy. Sleepy. My word is sleepy. <laughs> sleepy. And then, Dylan, what would your word be for that? My word is and No, you cannot use bad language. My word's an expletive. It's eight letters. It involves the excrement of a specific kind of large bovine animal. Jeez. That's specific enough. That that is very specific. Yes, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, Alan, I, I take it you're not going to stay up to the end of that match. I mean, I guess I got to take a nap that day. Um, 
Uh, that is definitely a pass you know, my bedtime. You know, uh, Dylan and I were not or were at the media day. You weren't. So we sort of said Alan gets to be the one that covers that match uh, when it comes. So uh, you better take a nap and, and buy some Red Bull for for that night. Um, since we're talking about Las Vegas, another announcement that they made is that uh, for this season, they're going to, I guess, become the, their taunting as first soccer team ever to have a home jersey for each and every home match. Uh, and uh, that's going to include the match, the midnight match, and I guess a fan design or something for fan appreciation match against Reno. Um, let's start off with you, Dylan. What is your, your one word thought on that? Pathetic. And Alan. Oh, fine. <laughs> what was that? Eh, fine. Eh, fine. Does a sound count as a, a, a second word? I don't know. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Dylan. Why do you say it's pathetic? Because you had a, a funner word. Yeah, it's Vegas gimmicks at its finest, right? A game that kicks off at 11 p.m. so your players are unsafe. I mean, never wearing the same home kit. Having a We Hate Reno night when you can't seem to win a game against your in-state rival and slash or win more than 10 games in a season. I mean, the jokes aren't even said, but they're almost going to wear as many uniforms as they have wins in franchise history. They're a joke of a club. Their players are pathetic. <laughs> Front office is pathetic. Their manager is pathetic. The city is pathetic. But their MC is amazing, right? They are the worst thing about Nevada. <laughs> oh, I, the, I, you know what? Um, I'll go for it, Alan. The kits came from like fan submissions, right? That's kind of where they got the idea. I think something like that. I, I don't know how it's working. A few of them are. Um, like if it was yeah, like a bunch it's... of fan, if it was a bunch of fan submissions, I'm all for it. It's very like, I mean, someone brought up the point earlier on the on on the interwebs. Like, if this kit idea came from Forward Madison, would we feel the same way? And I think if it's stupid, right? Well, I mean, I think it just depends on how they do it. If it's like a bunch of fan designs and they want to highlight and like do some fan interaction, I'm all for it. If it's just to either sell more kits or just because then I think that maybe it's a little bit different. Like, Hey, we got like five really good fan submissions. We want to make them all kits like, all right, well then let's, let's do something like that. I think, I think anytime you can engage the fans and make them feel part of the team, I'm all for it. Um, I think some of the things that they do don't do that. And that's why it feels kind of gimmicky and desperate. Um, I don't hate the different kit for every home game idea. Um, if they were all, especially if they're all like fan submitted, that would be like the most legit. Um, but there's also that you miss the connection of that home kit connection and everyone wearing the same color and, you know, you know what you're going to look like every week. So uh, I can go either way. I'm not like an anti it, but I'm also not like in love with it. So let me, let me respond to you really quick, Alan. You mentioned if it was like Ford Madison, would we care as much? Probably not because Ford Madison doesn't try too hard to be this niche cool thing. They're just sort of 
they're that cool kid who's cool because they're cool. Whereas Las Vegas seems to be like that nerdy kid who just wants to be cool. So just tries everything to be cool. And in the end, you look at him, they're still a nerd, right? And I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to call say nerd is a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, you have this, this, this thing that's sort of more authentically cool. And you have this thing that's more, uh, you know, trying to do it. And it's just not working. Um, if Las Vegas wasn't doing all of these gimmicks every single season, every single match, every single this and that, um, it would be a different story. And, and that I think that's where this comes in is, is at some point, just give it a rest. Like, why is there a need for an 11 p.m. match? Why is there a need for 17 separate um, home jerseys? Why is there a need to drop money from a helicopter? Why is there a need for foam baths um, around the stadium? Why is there a need for an MC on the on the pitch who's probably doing something that shouldn't be done anyways? The USO probably doesn't even allow it, but they're just doing it because they're doing it. Um, they're just trying all these things, trying too hard. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta let it be. You gotta just sort of let it grow. They've only been around for a couple seasons. If this was a team that's been around for a hundred seasons and this is their like traditions that they've built out over the years, then that's something. But I mean, they're just, they're just trying to throw a bunch of excrement on the wall and hope some of it sticks to that wall type thing. So um, yeah, there's my thoughts on those last two things there. Uh, oh, and by the way, and I'm not going to mention any names, just talking with people that we talked about at media day, uh, players, front office staff and all that. Um, there are a few people on the orange County side that probably aren't super excited about this as well. Um, because you know, it's, it's weird. Uh, an 11 PM match. I'm talking about the 11 PM match. I'm not talking about the, the jerseys. They probably could care less about the jerseys. Speaking of jerseys, orange County's jerseys drop tomorrow. Um, Wednesday evening, uh, if if you're listening at any other time, maybe past Wednesday, then they've already dropped. But I know seeing them at the 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 media day, they look pretty pretty neat, and I think the fans will be decently pleased with uh, the way the team's going with the jerseys. All right, let's do this. Let's get into our random thoughts for the evening. I'm going to start off with you, Dylan. We're back to a poem um, because I'm not extremely intoxicated this week, as you may be able to tell by the lack of random noise burping and i think probably slurring of my words i'm a little bit too embarrassed to go back and listen to last week's podcast um <laughs> this is a poem called men keep on dying it's by michael mcgriff and the final sextet of the poem has a truly beautiful image um go ahead and have at it that's uh, mc g-r-i-f-f mcgriff alan what about you uh, my random thought is I am thankful for uh, all of the support that happens behind the scenes, whether you're involved in athlete, uh, athletics or music or anything like that. It's always nice to uh, there's a lot of people who work behind the scenes that don't always get noticed or recognized. And I just want to take that time. If you aren't you aren't the star, you're the, you know, equipment guy or you're the parent that drives their kids to soccer practice every day like thank you for what you do you make everything we do worthwhile awesome um you know it, it it's weird but i don't really have a random thought for for tonight's episode i i've been thinking this whole episode and i just couldn't come up with something so i'm gonna leave it at that i'm not gonna bore you with some generic random thought or just something i'm making up here um, for the heck of it. So we're going to end it with that. Um, Dylan, let our listeners know if they want to follow you anywhere on social media or learn more from you where they can do that. You can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan. You can find me on Reddit slash U slash OCSE underscore Dylan. 
You can find me at eldonnews.org under the byline Dylan Allen. What about you, Allen? You can find me a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines uh, and um, on some other social media accounts and website. Just some other random stuff that you can, they can find you on, huh? If you know, you know, but you know. And if you don't know, now you know, I don't know. Uh, you can find, follow me on Twitter at DJ race more. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast. Also follow the podcast on Instagram at OCSC underscore soccer cost soccer cast. Look for us on Facebook at uh, just search orange and black soccer cast. We're part of beautiful game network, BGN.FM. Look for us on there for not just our podcast, but for news covering orange County and then podcast news covering um, a bunch of soccer, not just the USL. Now they have a bunch of other soccer stuff going on. Um, go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com to find out information about, uh, our podcast, listen to episodes or read any articles that we have or will be posting in the near future. Um, I believe Dylan is sort of finalizing what he's going to do for this, uh, uh, project where he's going to be talking just about these Ranger loanies that are over here. So that way, any Ranger fans that maybe are listening to us right now, you'll be able to actually listen to a podcast more dedicated to how those players are doing. Although we still want you to listen to us, but you'll have that extra bit of information that Dylan's going to provide uh, for those players. So you can uh, stay up to date on how things are going for them. Um, yeah. I want to uh, thank also one of our sponsors. Um, so I want to say tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates for Nike and Adidas looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team. Icarus FC can help you create that kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design a new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Um, for Dylan, for Alan, uh, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. You have been listening to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. For the latest Orange County SC news and information, visit our website, OCSCpodcast.com. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.